0: This is the Live and Dread podcast, written and produced by Liv and Lachlan MacLean. Read to you by Liv MacLean. Welcome to the Live and Dread. Are you ready to live and dread for what you're about to hear? Cryptic Whispers, a historical thriller. Content is adult only. When a car crashes into a swamp outside the small town of Kinmount, Ontario stone crypt surfaces, unleashing a gruesome puzzle and violence. 130 years earlier, in 1875, over 300 Icelandic settlers immigrated to Kinmount, Ontario. They were hired to complete the railroad, a project few would survive. Beware of the backwoods, where no one can hear you scream. Cryptic Whispers, Chapter 2 Gasping for a cool breath of air, she tried to open her eyes. The searing pain, like slivers of hot glass, lanced her throbbing head. Hey guys, I think she's coming around, belted Tim. Ambreen tried to open her eyes. She could hear a siren in the background and the muffled blabber of the men. It's okay now, Reg. Looks like Alan is here, Randy announced and smiled as he felt a flow of relief. Alan had parked the clumsy, outdated, red rescue truck behind the pickup and jumped down from the well-worn driver's seat. There's a lady in the car, in the swamp, and she's unconscious, the young construction worker rattled as he ran beside Alan. Alan's bright blue eyes scanned the accident scene. as he drew in a deep breath. He squinted looking at the car and trailer partially submerged out in the swamp tight, faded blue jeans covered his long, muscular legs that moved him quickly to the edge of the bog. His dirty, blonde hair tossed in the breeze as his strong jawline stood out against the landscape. He winced, knowing he would have to trudge through the murky, cold water. Rural living, had chipped away at his once clean and tidy appearance. Alan was an extremely good-looking man. Although he had neglected to see the barber for the last six months, his predominant features did not suffer the ails of bad hair. He sloshed into the marsh and used his arms to balance his well-built body from slipping into the wetlands he clumped up to the side of the mud embedded vehicle he smiled at randy exposing his pearl white teeth okay guys let me take a look here alan directed while the three men stepped back alan knelt on the front seat and faced ambri Overcome with the enjoyment of the fresh scent of her perfume, he noted her beauty as he carefully brushed a long, tangled lock of her blonde hair from her forehead. She struggled to open her eyes as she felt someone touch her face. Hey there, how are you doing? His appealing voice calmly asked her. She focused her eyes on his tanned, handsome face. "'Get the fuck away from me!' Ambreen tried to yell, but it hurt her head. "'It's okay. My name is Alan Cooper. I'm the fire chief, and I'm here to help you. Now you can tell me your name,' he spoke slowly and with confidence." I'm not telling you shit, Ambreen blurted while trying to configure what had brought her to such a confusing moment. Alan backed away from her and took a deep breath. Okay, lady, you've just had a car accident and you are in the middle of a swamp. "'Now I have to get you out of this car. "'Are you going to let me help you?' "'Ellen informed her, "'hoping that she would change her tune. "'She's so beautiful, Yes, so abrasive,' he thought to himself. "'Ambreen's stern look softened, "'and she looked at him with surprise, "'slowly and cautiously,' she turned her head as her large green eyes fixed on the marsh and the bog that surrounded her view. Oh my God, she mumbled as she began to recover her mental focus. Can you move, he asked, as she grappled for the clarity that she required to deal with the moment What were the voices? She heard before she became... conscious. Who was the chosen one? She didn't want to think about the voices in her head. That was just... too weird. I asked you if you were able to move. Alan repeated a little louder. Look. Can you give me a, a minute? She reached up and touched the left side of her pounding head. Oh, If everyone would shut up, maybe I could get myself out of this mess, she thought to herself. She could feel the warmth of her blood trickle down the side of her face as she looked at the gore on her fingers. She glanced at Alan in a way that let him know she needed his help. All right, I must have smashed my head on the window, she spoke softly. Can I help you now? Alan carefully asked. Let's see if we can get you out of here. She flinched as she reached around to undo her seatbelt. Here. Here. Let me get that for you. The pain in her head had caused her to let down her guard. As she brushed the ashes that had spilled from the ashtray off her denim shorts, she nodded, giving him consent to help. Alan reached his strong arm across her tight-fitted lavender t-shirt, careful not to touch her he unclasped the latch. His sky-blue eyes paused for a moment on her torso as he noticed the flatness of her stomach. She could smell the faint scent of musk deodorant as he drew near her. Feeling the warm around her, she looked down, noticing the mass of his bicep triceps. He worked out. That was obvious. Alan smiled at her as he tried to push man thoughts from his head. The physical attraction between Alan and Ambreen was intense. Ted and Randy chuckled like school children as they watched. Now, can I get your name? Ambreen Bettman, she spoke softly. Can you move your legs, Ambreen? Yeah, sure. It's just my head. I think we better get you out of here so I can take a look at that head injury of yours. Alan leaned out of the vehicle, turned his head towards Reg. Have you guys bring me the backboard from the rescue truck and we'll carry Ambreen out of the swamp. Reg respectfully obliged the fire chief as Ambreen winced with a streak of pain that shot through the side of her head. Looks like you're in a lot of pain, Alan commented to her, while he quickly looked away as he took in her tanned, muscular legs when she slid herself onto the passenger's side of the seat. Never had he seen such a defined, sculpted body on a woman. She was perfect. My head is pounding, she complained. She turned her left cheek to Alan as he slipped on a pair of latex gloves. Here, let me look at that for you. He moved her hair away from the cut. That's not bad at all. You won't even need a stitch for that. Did you lose consciousness, though? So, you should see a doctor if you did. The men arrived with the wood stretcher. Alan slipped one of his strong arms under her legs, and one arm behind her shoulders, cradling her in his commissioning strength. Reg and Randy carried the stretcher as she extended her long, tanned body. She tried to rest her aching head. The men carefully carried her to the rescue truck with Alan walking alongside. It was not just Alan that noticed the perfect magazine-like body, but every one of the road crew members became aware of her large breasts and the tanned glistening of her exposed skin. In the minds of the socially deprived road crew, the act of almost being run down by this beauty would hold no resentments. They ogled over her, and Alan had to ask the men to step back. Ambreen stood up slowly as she could feel the testosterone floating in the atmosphere around her. The ambulance arrived and parked behind the accumulation of vehicles. Look, I'm quite fine. I need to get to my house, she quietly stammered. Ambreen, just talk to the paramedics, and they may have you sign a form if you choose not to go to the hospital to see a doctor, Alan coached her. Sure, Alan. Alan. But I need my purse from the car. The directions to my house are in it. Did you buy a house up here? Alan inquired, unable to control his eyes from drinking her seductive beauty. She did not reply, as he turned and waded into the swamp to retrieve her purse from her car. As the medics talked to Ambreen and dressed the small cut, on the side of her head. The road crew talked and smoked while gathering in a huddle. Holy, she's a looker, as they covertly gawked at her. A real man trap that girl is, the two rural males converged. Reg smiled at their comments as he remembered what it felt like to be young. A white township truck with gold-embossed writing on the side, slowly drove around the bend and stopped where Reg was standing. Pert rolled his window down as Reg approached the truck. What happened here? Pert inquired. The other men just smirked and turned away. Pert and his male partner were constant, motive for gossip of the small, backward community. Pert had grown up with the harassment and learned to disregard them. He was educated and was the building inspector for the three surrounding townships. Therefore, in his opinion, they could laugh all they wanted. His freshly pressed shirt and trousers, coupled with his clean-cut appearance, set him apart from all of them. Reg leaned on the township truck, talking to Pert. The road crew wandered around smoking and gossiping. You guys can have the rest of the day off. We can't fix this road until the car and trailer are out of the swamp, Reg yelled. Randy took the keys for the red pickup from Reg as the men began to load into the cab. Head started the noisy bulldozer. See you back at the diner in a while! Randy shouted as he slapped Reg on the back. With the men loaded inside the red truck, they drove away from the site as the noisy bulldozer followed. Leaving Reg behind, he approached Alan as he was bringing Ambreen her purse. Look, Alan, I've been talking to Pert, and he has a 30-foot wench on his truck. We are offering to pull the car and trailer out of the swamp for the gal. But we need to know where she's going. Alan walked over to where Ampreen was standing and passed her her purse. So, let's find out where this house of yours is, Ampreen. Alan smiled as he watched her fumble through her bag. She retrieved the large yellow envelope from the law office and pulled out the documents, mostly title documents of the property. Here it is, Concession 10, Lot 14. Alan and Reg read over her shoulder as Reg slapped Alan on the back and they chuckled. What's so funny? She inquired while she began to worry she may be the owner of a swampland and a shack. Girl, you almost landed in your own backyard, Reg coughed and laughed. Look, Ambreen, Alan pointed. Thirty feet to the left of the car wreck along the fence cedar rails. A trail backs as far as the eye can see, and on the left side of that fence is your property." At that point, Ambreen's face transpired into a worried look. Alan cleared his throat. Oh, don't worry, it's a beautiful piece of waterfront. The house is a little older. But she was a gorgeous home in its day, and I'm sure it's got lots of potential. Right, that was Sir Boulder Baldwin's home back in the 1800s, Reg informed her. Listen, young lady, Pert and I are going to pull your car and trailer out of the swamp for you, and we'll pull it up to the house for you. Why don't you let Alan give you a lift to your house? All right, Ambreen agreed reaching into her purse for her wallet. Here, take this and let me know if I owe you more when you drop off the trailer, she handed Reg a hundred-dollar bill. He gazed at the money and pushed it back into her hands. No way, I won't hear of that. We'll see you in a while if we don't run into any major problems. She took the bill back and thanked him. At that point, the medics had packed up and the ambulance drove off, as Ambreen refused to go to any hospital. Her wounds had been treated, and she felt a little dizzy. However, as a dancer, she was used to injuries and thought nothing of the accident. We could almost walk to your house from here, Alan joked as he helped her into the passenger side of the rescue truck. The truck turned into the first driveway as Ambreen thrilled at the sight of the gigantic cedar trees that lined the lane. The branches hung over the laneway and gently brushed against the truck as they drove. The driveway led to a clearing as Ambreen gasped, unprepared for what she saw. A stately Victorian home, rendered in massive, bleak, looming gray stone, stood against the bright blue sky. It was a magnificent home in its day. Now, two roof gables presented rotted woodwork. On the steeply pitched roof, Fallen, broken bricks were scattered and strewn about the overgrown grass. The bricks had fallen from the two degenerating chimneys. The once grand house flaunted peeling paint and rusty ironwork. An octagonal corner tower displayed two pointed windows staring out like angry eyes. The tower joined the rest of the house that ran long and narrow, typical of this type of Victorian home. A large bay window of lead glass spanned the second floor. Wood shutters were added to the home long after the original construction. It was an overwhelming and welcoming sight. The wraparound porch on the side and spanning to the back of the house had collapsed from age. Trees had grown around the corners of the house and beyond the second floor. The mighty fortress appeared encased in growing vines like sleeping beauty's castle while she slept for 100 years. The mid-morning light shone through the overgrowth in an ominous manner, leaving broken shadows on the uncut grass and obstructed paths. A hue of lavender dotted the far side of the property as the lilac trees displayed their large pinnacles of fragrant flowers. The overgrowth of foliage had grown wild and spread out and up the sides of the house, leaving evidence where once trimmed bushes and briars grew. Ambrine got out of the truck and stood looking up in absolute amazement. This morning had been an overwhelming experience, and far too much for a normal person to comprehend. She had ended 18 years as a dancer, then crashed her car and all her belongings into a swamp, banging her head and had most likely sustained a concussion. Now a house had surfaced looking like it was from the cover of a Victorian dime novel. She wasn't ungrateful, just overwhelmed and unprepared. The lawyers had told her that the house would need repairs, but it was habitable. Ambreen stared in disbelief, wondering how large the horrendous repair bill would amount to. The place looked as if the mice had packed their bags and left. Ambreen put her hands on her slender hips while shaking her head and wondering just where the law office found their definition of habitable. Are you all right? Alan slowly walked around the truck, looking up at the massive brooding structure. Um, I'm... I'm fine, thanks. I guess I just wasn't expecting such a big place. Yeah, it's a huge house, all right. It was built in the late 1800s by a wealthy fellow from England. He left it to his family during the war. The family moved into the city of Toronto and used this huge house only as a cottage retreat. The house needed work at that time. But it had been neglected. In the 60s, the nephew ended up moving back here. He started to fix the place up, put in plumbing and hydro. I don't mean to scare you. Back in the 1980s, he turned into somewhat of a, a recluse. He was questioned by the police for a disappearance. Yeah, a disappearance of a lady from Toronto. Shortly after that, well, he turned odd. He wouldn't talk to anyone in the town, and he never went back inside the house, either. See that trailer over there, Ambreen? Alan pointed to the side of the property where the fence was. There sat an old trailer. Well, that's where the nephew lived until he died two years ago. The old guy only came into town a few... Times a year for supplies. He went into the post office to mail a letter. And right there, had a massive heart attack. Good thing it happened in town, or nobody would have ever found him out here. Ambreen looked sideways at him while holding her poker face and wondering if this nephew of Sir Boulder Baldwin Allen spoke of might be her father a man she had never met nor ever would now right then thank you alan for the ride and for everything i guess the men will bring around my car shortly Uh, you have been very helpful Ambreen extended her stage smile Well, I'll tell you what, I'll come back tomorrow, and I'll make sure you're as good as you say you are. That would be fine. Thanks again, Alan. He patted her on the back as he wished her luck before leaving. She could hear the branches brushing against the truck as he drove down the laneway. She glanced around the beauty of the countryside as she listened to the music of the singing birds. Still groggy from the thump to her head, she tried to clear her thoughts. Creeping into her mind's eye, a feeling of familiar sounds and surroundings as she paused. She remembered playing on this very front lawn with a little boy. Ambreen quickly turned toward the lilac tree while she thought she saw a dark shadow. She experienced a childhood recollection. She clearly remembered playing with a little boy. Ambreen saw a faint outline of two little children begin to materialize in a foggy manner while playing and running on the lawn. The wind or something whispered in her ear as the pain surged in her head and she fell to the ground as the voices became louder. Black bear, black bear, in the night, under the stars, oh, so bright. No hand or brain will expose the mighty fortress chosen one can bind the evil souls. Let us show you how. Let us show you how.